Welcome everybody to Arise with Amber, the podcast. I'm so grateful to have all of you here. I pray that these arises bring you a sense of hope and encouragement in the world that we live in. And I hope that I can remind you that this is not our only home, that heaven is our home if you are in Christ, and that anything that this life throws your way or anything that that the Lord entrusts you with, you can arise from it. If anything brings you to your knees, you can arise. So I pray that I can give you that bit of encouragement. My name is Amber and I'm your host. If you're new here, welcome. And I pray that, um, as I said, these arises just bring you closer to Jesus. I pray that something that I say will plant seeds to make you want to know and grow deeper into relationship with Christ. You guys can watch all of these episodes over on the Arise with Amber YouTube page. We film all of these. So if you're not into the podcast format, then you can listen or watch over on YouTube, which is where actually we started back in 2019. What started as videos in my closet and videos outside has transitioned now into podcasts. So welcome. I'm glad that you're here. If you do like these videos, I would just, um, I would ask you to share them. If, if any episode kind of makes you think of somebody or, or the Lord puts somebody on your heart that you feel like it would be a bit of encouragement to them, I would ask that you share those and possibly just go give it a rating. Wherever you listen to these podcasts or watch these videos, if you would just go like, subscribe, do all the things, share a rating, share a comment or two about what you think about the episodes, if they have helped you in any way, if they've brought you a sense of peace or joy or hope, or if you've learned anything. I just appreciate you being here, and I'm just excited to see where Arise is going to go. So once a month, I like to answer your questions. And today, that's where we find ourselves. So it's been a little while since I've done these, but I usually get these questions from my Instagram. If you want to have a question for me, you can email me at arisewithamber at gmail.com. My Instagram is at amberemilysmith, or you can just comment, comment on whatever platform you find yourself listening or watching these arises on. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get started into your questions. Lord, we just thank you again, as always for the gift of another day. That is just one of the best gifts of all is that you wake us up each day. So we have the opportunity to walk again with you. So we have the opportunity to receive your new morning mercies. God, no matter what happened yesterday, Lord, today is a brand new day. I pray that whoever is listening from the from around the world knows that, feels that, has a sense of peace in that. God, I pray that they draw near to you. Lord, would you just would you just give us a hunger? to know you, God, not who the world says that you are, Lord. Would you give us a hunger to know who you reveal yourself to be in scripture? Your word is a gift. It is a lamp to our feet. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for bringing this little small group of fellowship online together. We appreciate you. We love you. We're grateful that we get to share your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so we're going to start easy here. First question is, what is your favorite movie? So, my mind, anytime somebody asks me that, Shawshank Redemption always pops into my mind. I I just absolutely love that movie. Um, there's a lot of harder topics in that movie. It's not, it's not I mean, it, it's not really like a feel-good family movie, uh, but I just think it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful movie. If you've never seen it, watch the Shawshank Redemption. I also love The Notebook because I'm a girl and... I just love Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams, and I think they are so cute in that movie, and I just love that love story, and it's so beautifully sad and beautifully tragic um, what the what the movie is about and how the movie ends, and 
I was I was talking to Granger the other day, and I was just saying, you know, if if the Lord takes my memory, or if I get dementia or Alzheimer's or, or anything, if I forget my loved ones, which I hope I don't have to go through that because I know that it's devastating for families, but I pray that I never forget his word. So I pray that sometimes, like, Lord, if, if you take everything else from me, Lord, just just let me remember your word. Let me not forget your word. So I, I love that movie. I love the movie The Notebook. I kind of gave a little hint as to what it's kind of about if you haven't seen it, but it's really, really cute. Okay, goals and visions for 2024. What are your goals and visions? Well, I have learned in my walk with Christ that I can make my plans, but the Lord directs my steps. And goals and plans and all of those things are good. There's nothing wrong with those things. You don't want to be lazy and just say, okay, well, the Lord's going to do what he's going to do. You you need to be active in what you're doing in life. You need to step out in faith. You need to trust the Lord to provide if you're walking in his will. And I just say that even though those are good things, hold on to them loosely. Hold on to them with an open hand because the Lord gives and the Lord takes away and the Lord's purpose will prevail. And I've learned that over the last almost five years. And just to, I guess I would say my goals and intentions for 2024 is to remain in the word, to remain faithful in prayer. I actually want to go deeper in my prayer life. That's something that I've, I've really been convicted about. I really would like to go deeper in my prayer and, and really carve out that intentional time for prayers for, for, for everyone, for all those people around me. I want to continue to grow in my wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge of who the Lord is has been really important to me this year. And I really, I say this year, we're only a weekend, last year. I just, I want to know all there is to know about him. And I will never exhaust myself in reading scripture. I will never know all that there is to know. I have so much to learn, but I just want to continue to grow in wisdom and know who he is, who the Bible reveals him to be. And another, uh, I, I guess I would say in the natural, in the natural world, not in the eternal world, our goal, I think, is to travel, to travel more and to do mission work. And that, that also is eternal, but I'm just saying in my worldly um, hopes, I guess you could say, I would like to travel with Granger and do more mission work, which I've never actually gone on mission before. So I would love to go do that. We're going to take a trip here in February and go do some of that. So I want to continue to lead our children in the way that they should go. Uh, I want to go where the Lord is leading us, wherever that might be. And currently, you know, it's doing a rise. It's speaking. I'm writing a book as well. So we just finished the proposal process of the book. It took a few months. I think it took about five months to get that proposal kind of where I wanted it to be. And now it, it will be pitched to publishers. So we'll see if anyone cares to read it, if anyone wants to read it. My hope is that when we went through our loss, I wanted to read a story of another mother who had gone through what I had gone through or another dad or another family. But I didn't, I, I wanted to read a book on hope and I wanted to, I wanted to have encouragement and I wanted to know that this pain wasn't going to last forever. And so my hope in sharing our story is that I can be that little beacon of light that I was searching for we all know that Christ is the light, and, and ultimately, this book, I pray, will point people to the true source of light, but I pray that in sharing our story, you can know that your story is not over, that it is still being written, that whatever pain or anything that you're facing right now is not the end, that God is still writing your story, and that you have hope and that you can't arise. So that's my goal. I pray that a publisher will pick it up, and then I will start writing all of this year. So that's kind of my vision for this year, is to finish 
writing that book and to get that in y'all's hands. And though Granger wrote his side, this is kind of my side of the story, what grief looked like for us, for me, for the kids, how we navigated it. And as you know, it with anything, people can recall different things from a certain event or a certain trauma. I mean, we learn that from the Gospels. You know, people will say that the Bible has... Um, each of the each of the gospels don't align with each other or say the exact same thing. Well, that's because each each person, each apostle remembers it differently. I mean, Granger Granger and London were talking the other night about the event that happened with River and they both remembered very different things. That doesn't change the fact of what happened and what occurred. It's just different views on the story. So that's kind of my perspective on the book. Um and so I just pray that it'll help someone in a season of suffering and help them want to grow closer to Jesus. And then I guess my last goal or vision would be I want to grow the River Kelly Fund. I want to hopefully have a big event to maybe invite some of you guys to to support it and just continue to give back in honor of River. So those are my goals. I'm holding them loosely because I know that God is in control. I'm holding them loosely. I was like clenching my fist. I'm holding them loosely with my hands open. Okay, number three, best age for potty training. This is open for debate. Uh, I will say that after four kids, I don't force it. I don't force it. I think I tried to start too early with London and she was not ready. So I just waited a little bit longer and then she was ready. And then I did that with the boys too, with Lincoln and River, doing it with Maverick now. I'm not forcing anything. The less you force it, the less accidents you're going to have. And I know some parents have to do it because they have to be potty trained by a certain time to go to school or, or Mother's Day out or something. So I understand that. But if you're in a position where you don't have to force it, don't force it. We didn't have hardly any accident. I don't think we had any accidents with the boys at all after, because I just waited till they were really, really ready. We put them in pull-ups at night, and I would say that's close to about age three. Put them in pull-ups at night, and we didn't have any accidents. So I'm doing that with Mav now. He's showing signs of interest. He's going to the potty. We, we try to practice before bath time. So before he gets in the bath, I'll say, do you need to go potty? He's done it a few times, and rewards are great for him. He loves candy and chocolate and suckers, so... He gets a little treat if he does that. So I would just say, give it time. Don't force it. You will you will kind of know when they start to show signs, and usually that's between the ages of two and three. But also don't get discouraged. I've heard, I heard an older parent say, they're not going to go to college in diapers, so don't get discouraged if it takes a little bit longer. Each child is different. Okay, do you have a verse of the year or anything like that? Do you pick a verse or a word? I know a lot of people pick like a word for the year, you know, like vision or empowerment or hope or healing or any of those words. I don't, I don't, I haven't picked a, a word and I don't pick a verse, but I will say that reading the Bible and going to church and, and being in my quiet time with him, that the Lord has shown me verses. I will say that the Lord has shown me verses as I grow deeper into relationship with him and as I read his word. So for 2019, when we lost River, Romans 12, 12 was kind of like my lifeline. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. So I held on to that. That was one that I saw multiple times. It kept being laid on my heart. In 2020, it was Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. I still say that all the time because I think that's one of the most important things we can do in walking with the Lord is to trust him with everything. And do not lean on our own understanding because we do not understand. His ways are higher. We will never understand the Lord. And the more that we trust the Lord and don't trust ourselves, the better off we're going to be. Um, 2021, 
was when we were going through our pregnancy and everything with Maverick. And I kept feeling the Lord lay Isaiah 43, 19 on me. And that's, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And I kept feeling like the Lord was doing something new. He's making a way. God is doing something new. And I felt that my whole pregnancy, before I got pregnant with Maverick, I felt that. So I just held on to that. So I don't pick a verse. I just, the Lord will reveal things to you. You'll have confirmation about things. And then if I keep seeing that same verse over and over, or somebody speaks it over me, or I read it in my quiet time, I just hold on to it. And I pray over it. And I pray through it. Number five, my husband is starting the police academy. And I know this new career will create a lot of time away. How do you find ways to connect to Granger when your schedules are so busy and while he was away? Our story was a little different because it's kind of all we've ever known. He's, he's been touring since, since I met him. Granted, he was only on his first single when we first met back in 2009. He was still traveling in a van and trailer, you know, around to little honky-tonk bars and stuff. So I've kind of only known him as a touring musician He's still traveling now, now that he's stepped away from music and stepped more into speaking and, and author authorship and all of those things. Um, but just make sure you schedule time together. Make sure you schedule those date nights. Make sure even if it's just having coffee together in the morning or getting together at night when the kids go to bed, make sure that you have time together at some point throughout your day because it's so important. And I'm not the best at this. We still are working on this, on scheduling date nights and things, because with, with schedules and being a busy mom and, and you know, athletics and all the different things, plus my job, we're pulled in 50 different directions all the time, which is kind of typical of a family. Mom and dad are pulled in different directions. Mom and dad are taking care of the kids, all going in different ways. So make sure that you're intentional about scheduling that time together. And I recently read that... You should focus more on travel with your spouse than with travel with your kids as well. You want to do both. You want to take family trips with the whole family, but you kind of do want to be intentional about just going away with your spouse every now and then without the kids. It's really important for you guys to reconnect, especially if one of you travels all the time. You have to get that intentional time in and you have to really um, choose each other and carve out that time. I think especially as moms, you know, we tend to focus on the kids. We tend to focus on the kids because that's one of our main duties is taking, t- taking care of our children. And, and we kind of tend to neglect our spouse or they get the leftovers at the end of the day or we're too tired or something like that. So just really being intentional. Leave little notes for him. Send him a note. I left a note in Granger's coffee mug this morning that just said, good morning, I love you. Um, little touches throughout the day, as, as weird as that sounds or as cheesy as that sounds, it creates intimacy. If you just walk, like I will typically walk by every time Granger's reading the Bible in the morning, I'll go get Mav and I just kind of brush the side of his head with my, with my hand or, you know, I'll just lightly rub his back or something throughout the day. Just, just a little touch here and there creates that intimacy that you need and be patient with this transition. If this is new for you and your husband is just now starting to travel, have grace for each other because this is going to be a learning uh, time for you guys, a transition for you guys. And also, I would say, pray for him. Pray for him. I think so many times we forget to pray for our spouse. We pray for everyone else. We pray for our kids. We pray for ourselves. We pray for things we want or need. We pray for the sick. But how often do we pray for our husband or our wife? And it's so important. That's like, 
I would say your most important relationship aside from Christ is your spouse. Pray for them. Pray for him in this new endeavor. Have grace for each other. And yeah, hope that helps. Number six, we're pregnant with our first baby boy. Is there any practical advice or resources on training him up? I would first say that you can start right now. You're pregnant right now. You can you can start right now. You can start by praying over him in your belly, which I'm sure you're probably doing. You can start by reading scripture aloud. You can start playing worship music for him to hear inside the womb. And when he's born, you can do all of those same things. My mother-in-law, as she was nursing, she read the entire New Testament to Granger as she was nursing. So those are things that you can do. Pray over him. Pray with him. Read scripture to him. Get involved in a local church. If you're not already members of a local church, get involved um, in a local church. Most importantly, I would say is if you're training up your child in the way that they should go, make sure that you're going that way too. Don't be a do as I do as I say, not as I do type of parent. Your kids are watching you and they need to see you living out your faith. They need to see their mom and their dad reading the Bible. They need to see their mom and their dad praying together, praying with the family. They need to see their mom and their dad choosing church that this is what we do in this family. This is important to us. This is what we do every Sunday. Doesn't matter what else comes along. We're going to make this a priority. They need to see you living it out because they're little sponges and they're watching you. And if you're telling them to do one thing, but you're not living it out for them to see, they're not going to take it seriously. So I would just say your greatest ministry is in your home and you've been given the honor by God to raise them up, to share scripture with them, to, to invite them to know who he is, to teach them who he is before the world gets a hold of them and teaches them who he's not. Pray for them every single day for the Lord to draw them to himself. Because at the end of the day, they're God's children, and we have no control over whether or not the Lord has chosen them. But we can we can sure pray, and the prayers of the righteous are heard, and the prayers of a mother, of a, of a praying, surrendered mother, are really strong. So pray over them. Okay, number seven. Where to start learning more about the Bible? Understanding what I read, I don't understand. So this is such a common question, and this is, I think, a question for everyone who's just beginning. I didn't know what I was reading. I told you guys I tried to read the Bible multiple times, and I would keep just closing it because I didn't understand. If you're new to reading the Bible, I would say get a study Bible. I really love the ESV. The first version I read was the CSB, the Christian Standard, and I loved that one. It was very easy for me to read. Um, I like the ESV. Currently, I'm reading the NASB. And it's the John MacArthur Study Bible, and I love the commentary at the bottom. So you'll have the scripture at the top, commentary at the bottom that really truly explains what's going on, what what type of, of reading is this, what what period of time was this in, who is this about, what is God revealing him, himself, what is God showing about himself in these passages. Um, John is a great book to start in because it starts just as Genesis does in the beginning, and it reveals the deity of Christ. So that's a great place to start Um, in the New Testament, the book of John. Ask wise counsel. You know, get involved with the local church. Ask your pastors, ask elders, ask more mature believers in the faith. Hey, will you go over this passage with me? What does this mean? Could we read this together? There are so many great sermons online that will help as well. Um, There's the Bible Project on YouTube if you're a visual learner, which is great for kids too because it draws out all of scripture, which is really cool. Um... 
you can do Bible studies together to go deeper into a specific book. That's kind of what helped me in the beginning was doing a Bible study with other ladies. And a lot of them were way more mature in the faith than I was, so they could help me along. And then just being consistent. As with anything in life, you're going to you're gonna learn more. You're going to be in better practice if you just are consistent. And then I promise you, if you stay consistent and you keep going and you pray for the Lord to reveal it to you, it will all begin to make sense. So just keep, keep at it. Um, I think that's all I have on that question, I believe. Yeah, just if you're seeking, if you're seeking to know the Lord with your whole heart and you're seeking to understand, He will, He will reveal it to you. But you, you do sometimes need additions. You know, we don't always know exactly what a certain passage is saying. So ask somebody. Ask somebody. Okay, number eight. Speaking of pastors, it says, "Who are the Christian leaders and pastors that you find most helpful and encouraging?" So I've really learned a lot and been encouraged. I'm just going to give you a list. You guys can look them up. Um, I love their teaching. I believe it's sound teaching that comes directly from the Bible. Uh, John Piper, John MacArthur, Paul Washer, R.C. Sproul, Tim Keller, Charles Spurgeon, J.I. Packer, Alistair Begg, Vody Bauckham, Stephen Lawson. Um, all of those, I if you see me on my phone or with an AirPod in, it's usually I'm usually listening to one of their sermons. Um, as far as women speakers, Elizabeth Elliot is one of my favorite women, and I think it's just because she was a suffering woman, so to speak, and she just suffered well. And um, she gave very, very good biblical insight to suffering. And I just really enjoy her books and her her talks that she gave. Um, so look up Elizabeth Elliot as well. Number nine, when studying the Bible, what has been one of your aha moments? So for me, it's a series of aha moments, and it's over and over. And my aha moments typically are, it's just that God is in every detail. God is in every single detail of the Bible, you guys. From the creating, from the planning, from the ordaining, to the protecting, to the disciplining, to the shepherding, the comforting, the sanctifying, the sacrificing, all of it. God is in every detail. Every single detail. Not just the good stuff. He's in the bad stuff. He's in the hard stuff. He's in the messy stuff. He is all over it. And it's all for His glory. I've just realized it's not about me. You know, we read the Bible to learn, you know, things for ourselves, but it's really, we need to read the Bible to learn about how to give God the glory because all, everything is from him and through him and to him. And he's in every story threaded throughout the entire Bible. It's his story. We, it's his, we are, we are just characters in his grand masterpiece. So I think the big aha moment for me was that there's not one molecule that, that God doesn't have control over. As hard as that is to understand with even, you know, certain things in the world that happen and evil. And, you know, we talk about Genesis 50, 20, what, what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. He doesn't, he doesn't just turn it for good. He doesn't say, oops, I missed that, but I'll flip it for good. It's like, no, God purposes all things for his glory. And it's that, you know, the famous scripture, Romans 8, 28, that, that you know, people say to everybody when they're suffering, God works all things out for good. God works all things together for good for those who love him and are who are called according to his purpose. And it's true. So that's my aha moment is that our Lord Jesus is in everything, every detail, every single detail. I find myself just re-highlighting all the times God says, I did it. I did it. I sent him out. I did this. I did this so that they would know that I am God. 
I kill, I make alive, I create. I, it's just, it's all the Lord. That's my aha moment. How do you get to the point of deep, true forgiveness? I've had a lot of questions on forgiveness this week uh, and on how we can pray for our enemies. And so I might just do an entire arise just on that. Um, but truly, for me, getting to a point of true forgiveness was when I truly believed what Jesus had done for me on the cross and truly what he had forgiven me for. All my sin, all my wretchedness, all everything, my rebellion against him, what I had been forgiven for and what he has saved me from is when, is when I got into a posture of being able to truly forgive somebody, to truly forgive people that have hurt me in the past, truly forgive people that are still kind of hurting me in the moment. Um, and I've also just realized, when I realized that we're all just fallen sinful people, I've learned that we all just need the Lord. We all just need prayer. There are so many people who are still not walking with Christ. So when I stopped being surprised by what people did, because I'm not surprised anymore by the things that people do when they're not walking with Jesus. So that has made me allow, that has allowed me to have more grace for people, to have more compassion for people, to have more understanding for people because they're not truly walking with the Lord. Um, and it's allowed me to pray for them. As hard as that is sometimes, it is to pray for somebody who's hurt you and upset you and done awful things to you. But that's what the Bible calls us to do. I mean, Jesus on the cross forgave those that nailed him to it. And he forgives us. And it's our sin that put him there. So how could I not get to a place of forgiving? You know, with what he did for me and what I've been forgiven for. Not saying it's easy, especially if you've been really betrayed or really hurt. It's hard. It is hard. But I think with a relationship with Christ and and prayer, really deep prayer, we can to begin, we can begin to forgive them as we have been forgiven. And as I said, this world is broken and fallen. And when we can just see that and we can we can just see they don't know what they're doing. They're hurt themselves. They're hurting. And, and you hear the, the saying, hurt people hurt people. It's not an excuse to let them act however they want, but it, it does allow me to say, I'm not going to allow myself to get angry at them or to hold a grudge against them. I'm going to forgive them. And that's, a, that's, a, that's something, that, that's how I can walk in freedom, is releasing them and laying it at Jesus' feet and not holding a grudge and truly praying for their salvation, for them to come to know the Lord um, and for their hearts to be changed. And also just realizing that forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean reconciliation. Just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean that you have to go to coffee with them. You can love them from afar. You can forgive them from afar. Reconciliation takes two repentant people coming together and apologizing for what they have done, talking through their differences, repenting, turning and, and saying, okay, I'm so sorry. I'm not going to, I won't do that to you anymore. I won't hurt you anymore. Please forgive me. But that takes two people to reconcile. And many times it's, it's often just one who's willing to do that. So I don't think you have to be back in a relationship or anything with toxic people in your life. Um, I think we are called to forgive and we're called to pray for them, but you can keep your distance and you can set boundaries. Okay, let's see. I think this is the last question. Okay, how am I supposed to get past feeling like God doesn't ever hear me? 
So this is also a tough question to answer because I don't know what your time with the Lord looks like. I don't know what your relationship with Christ is. Are you truly a believer? Um, are you reading your Bible? Are you going to church? Are you are you only asking for things that you want and you aren't getting them? So you're thinking that he's not hearing you or are, are you seeking signs and wonders when you could and should be seeking a relationship with him? Um, his word says that he hears the prayers of the righteous. And in Psalm 119, uh, verse 1 through 4, it says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. The Lord hears, hears your prayers. He Obviously, he sees and hears everything that happens in the entire world. He's, he's, he holds it all in his hand. He's the creator of everything. He made you. He formed you in your mother's womb. He, he knows you intimately. You were created in his image. But even though he knows and hears all, there are times in scripture when, he, when it says or we read that he doesn't listen to our prayers. And a couple of those things are is when we're choosing to live in sin. Um, if you're continually living in unrepentant sin, the Bible says he won't hear. Proverbs 28.9 says, If anyone turns a deaf ear to my instruction, even their prayers are detestable. So there are times when our prayers are detestable to God. If we're choosing to live however we want to live, but then we're turning around and asking God for something, our prayers are detestable to him. When we ask according to our own selfish desires, are we only asking for what we want? Selfishly. God will not hear our prayers. James 4.3 says, You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Are we asking wrongly? You know, it, it really truly takes, as Jesus did in the garden, God, I pray you remove this cup from me, but not my will, yours, not my will yours be done. And I've had, to, I've had to come to that place. Yes, we are to approach the throne of grace boldly with confidence because he promises that he will give us good things that he loves us and he cares for us and he will answer our prayers. But that doesn't always mean he gives us what we want. And we have to come humbly saying, Lord, this is what I want. God, would you heal this person? Or would you, I really need help in this area of my life. Or would you do this? Or would you do that? But ultimately we say, God, I trust you. Your will be done. Whatever, whatever, however you answer this prayer or don't answer it, I'm going to trust. You know what's best. I know you do whatever, however you're going to answer it. I know you do it out of love for me. So I surrender it to your will. So we have, we have to come humbly. We have to come unselfishly. And another time that it says that the Lord, or our prayers can be hindered is the way we treat each other. We read that the Lord, um, I forget what, what, what book it's in, but it's, it's talking about a husband treating his wife rightly. So his prayers won't be hindered. So we have to watch how we treat each other, how we treat God's people. Are we loving them? Are we serving them? Are we, are we choosing them? Or are we treating people harshly and unkindly and then going to the Lord and trying to get everything that we can out of him like he's our bellboy? You know, I heard a, a pastor say one time, sometimes we, we call on the Lord like he's our bellboy and tell him to go get our bags, you know? And it's like that's not how we're supposed to approach the Lord in prayer. Ultimately, it's to build a relationship. It's, it's a conversation with our Father. It's not just like a genie in a bottle. So all that to say, I don't know what your, what your prayer life looks like. I would love to know more. Email me, amberemilysmith at gmail.com, and I would love to, to go deeper into this question with you. So I guess I would just say, ultimately, are we living a life worthy of the calling that he's placed on us? 
not perfectly. I'm not saying you have to be a perfect little, perfect little Christian because we're not, we're still sinners. But are we, are we coming to him in prayer humbly and, and with a life surrendered to his will, I guess that's what I should say. So email me, let me know. I would love to go deeper with you into that question because I promise you, he hears your prayers. But in his sovereignty and in his grace and in his goodness, he answers according to his will because he knows what's best for you. All right, guys, I think that's it. If you guys want to ask me any more questions, just shoot me an email or you can comment on any of these podcast formats. I love you guys. I appreciate you. I hope you have the best week and I will see you next time. You're chosen. Bye.